Welcome to Tubular Connections, a series where we make meaningful connections in the HSS, steel, and engineering communities. Here's your host, Brad Fletcher, Senior Structural Engineer at Atlas Tube. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this edition of Tubular Connections. I am your host, Brad Fletcher. And uh, with me today, I have John Chatterton. John, welcome. Good to see you, Brad. So, John, tell us what your exact title is here at Zeckelman Industries. Uh, right now, I am the Vice President of Engineering Technologies. Uh, just got into that role after spending uh, from 2006 till a couple of weeks ago as project manager for Zeckelman. Fabulous. And so you primarily work on the Zeckelman side of things, really, you know, for the, the parent company. So you're involved with a lot of the different divisions. Is that true? Correct. I'm in with Wheatland, Z-Modular, Atlas, all of them. Uh, we have a pretty broad range of facilities we take care of. Yeah, that's that's not a, a small task, I imagine. Um, so you, you're, you're, you're staying pretty busy these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's very busy. I'm still... Uh, working on the new project we're doing in Blyville. Uh, we've, we've just hired a new person to come in and take over what I was doing here as the project manager. Uh, they start next week. So until then, I'm trying to fill both roles and uh, keep my head above water. <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm, I, I wish you well on that role. Uh, just for our listeners' sake, Zeckelman Industries uh, is the parent company of uh, Wheatland Tube, Atlas Tube, Z-Modular, uh, Pacoma, uh, these are all tubular-related manufacturers. Atlas, obviously, is the HSS, the hollow structural section side of it, the structural side. Wheatland, for those of you who don't know, is our division that makes uh, sprinkler pipe, standard pipe, fencing, all that kind of good stuff. I'm leaving something out of there, John? Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered everything that has to do with steel we've got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Z-Modular, of course, is our modular construction division, which where we use HSS to create prefabricated modules for use in dormitories, apartments, uh, anything that can, any project that can be converted to a modular. So, John, obviously, if you're, as someone who oversees all these different divisions, you obviously have to have a lot of expertise uh, about a lot of different things. I, is it fair to say, you know, jack of all trades, master of none? Or <laughs> Yeah, um, I started off you know, before I came to, to Atlas II, uh, as an outside electrical contractor, uh, got involved uh, when Harrow was putting in their first upgraded tube mill, uh, the eight and five eighths inch SMS mill in Harrow, uh, came in there, helped work with that, then helped to them when they put the new uh, rafter mill in our Plymouth location for Atlas, came back to Harrow and did uh, two slitters. Uh, as an outside contractor, and then worked on the 16-inch mill in Harrow as an outside contractor, putting that mill in. At that point, I think Barry, the owner, uh, was tired of paying the middleman and said, uh, you need to come here and start working for us, and let's just get down to business. And that's where it led to. Okay, great. Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting path. I mean, a lot of people... Uh don't start as an outside contractor and end up being brought in. That's, but that's, um, that's great. Obviously, Barry, our, the owner of Zeckelman Industries, uh, saw the value of having you as part of the team. So uh, that's great. Yeah, it was uh, pretty much a full-time job just working for Atlas and not doing any other work. And uh, I think that's where, where Barry said, you know, we're using you all the time anyway. Why not just make you part of the team? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so you mentioned this new project down at Blytheville, and we might have mentioned it a few times throughout the process in our marketing materials, but um, we basically announced, I guess it was in 2018 we announced it, if I remember correctly, 
that uh, we wanted to build a, a brand new ERW mill as an expansion of our Blythville facility. This is going to be the world's largest single seam ERW mill, and we are pretty close to uh, getting it done, right? Yeah, the building is complete. Uh, we've started working on foundations. Uh, we're probably, I'd say, 60% done on foundation work. The entry foundations are complete. Uh, mill entry as well are, are complete. Uh, we're working on now our cutoff saw and bundler foundations. Uh, we're hoping to have all foundations complete by about mid-May and uh, start installing all the equipment. That's great. Now, as a structural engineer myself, I, I think some of our listeners might be kind of interested to know that these foundations are not small, right? They're they're, they're rather large. They are rather large. We've uh, some of the foundations are over twenty three feet deep, and off the top of my head, I could not tell you how many thousands of yards of concrete we poured into the ground here in Blyville to, to hold this weight. To give you a perspective of the weight of the equipment, the sizing section comes in three pieces and each piece weighs a little over 200 tons. Wow. So it's a lot of heavy equipment. So there's a lot of foundation work to be done here. Yeah, I, I can I can believe that. And, and all these are supported on piles as well too, right? Correct. Because of the, uh, the possible earthquake area that we're in, we had to drive piles in. We use our own piles that we produce, 14 inch round, 65 foot long piles that we drove in the ground. There's over 656 piles driven throughout the plant to support this equipment uh, under the equipment and under the building columns, just to make sure that uh, in case of an earthquake, nothing ever happens here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for those that um, may be thinking that earthquakes happen only in California, Blytheville, Arkansas is near the New Madrid Fault, and uh, which is probably one of the more dangerous earthquake zones than, say, even California. It just doesn't happen as often, which is we're thankful for. But because of the design criteria, as John pointed out, there needs to be the design for a potential for earthquakes. So it's, that's a big part of the design here. So as we head towards the completion of this, we're still targeting uh, this fall for having material rolling off the mill. Is that correct? That is correct. We're still shooting for September to get our first tube off the mill. Uh, we're working on that as hard as we can. Equipment deliveries have just started to arrive. So installation's about to start on some of the areas. But uh, everything right now is, is lined up and on track to get that first tube out in September. That's, that's fantastic. And, and this is, you know, one of the reasons we, we're, we're building this mill is to not only create a, a world-class high-tech facility where extremely efficient and extremely low cost in the production of our material, but we're also expanding our size range. So tell, talk a little bit about the size range that's, that we're going to be doing off this mill. This mill will go from 8 square to 22 inch square. We'll do rectangles from 10 by 8 up to 34 by 10, rounds from 10 and 3 quarter up to 28 inch round, uh, and we'll do gauges from 188 up to 1 inch thick wall. Yeah, that, so these are going to be some of the largest sections produced anywhere in the world. Uh, you know, prior to us producing this mill, you couldn't get anything larger than a 16 inch square, 5 eighths inch wall from a domestic producer, correct? That is correct. 16 square. Yeah. And so, you know, while we used to have a partnership with a Japanese firm to bring their larger sizes in, it just became apparent to us that if we really want to grow the marketplace uh, for these larger sizes, that uh, we know that the projects that 
tend to like to use these sizes have requirements for domestic sourcing. You know, if you're we're talking about bridges, we're talking about uh, even like stadiums, highway signage. These are areas where these larger HSS sections would be very efficient and cost effective, but yet they do require domestic source. So we're going to be able to solve that by having this these sizes produced off of this new mill. Yeah, and the, the big part of this is the availability. You won't have to wait months to get a product out of Japan. We're, we're going to have a, a quick cycle time and we can produce on demand. That is the big thing that we're going to be able to do. Yeah, that, that's a great point. You know, I'm assuming that we're putting our philosophy of quick change into this mill like we've done for our other facilities, correct? That is correct. We, we've put in a whole new quick change system. Uh, we've added equipment so that we can get the offline changes done as quick as we can so that we don't have to run, you know, five or six days on one size before we're able to change over again. We're, we're trying to make this as quick as we can to go over our overall velocity of quick change in all of our mills. So what I'm hearing you saying is this could be the fastest changeover out of all of our facilities. The changeover itself will rival the rest of our, our equipment. We've, we've done a few extra things on this mill that we've learned throughout the years. When we do the, the changeover, we've increased the hydraulic power packs. We've increased the flow of the hydraulics, the size of the cylinders, so that we can move these stands in and out a little bit faster so we can get that changeover done as fast as we can. Yeah, that's great. That's very impressive. Some of the things that I'm really excited about is, you know, as I'm talking to engineers, you know, who are wanting to design with these products is that availability. When you have uh, the ability to take this directly off the mill and and have that, that short lead time, that's going to be a huge, huge player in the marketplace. That's one of the big drivers for doing this is the quick change and availability of the material for sure. So what are some of the other, uh, I'll say, high-tech things that we're, we're going to be putting into this mill? I think, you know, a, a quick change technology is, is in my mind, is, is a pretty cool thing. But what other bells and whistles are we putting in here? You, I know we've automated the warehouse down there in Blytheville, as we were doing in a lot of our facilities. And we're going to continue to do that kind of automation for this mill as well, right? That, that is correct. We, we've automated the warehouse that uh, this mill is going to feed into. We've also, on this mill, automated the coil delivery system going into this mill to, to store our coils and also to place them on the entry of the mill uh, as the operator needs them in the right order. So the operator doesn't have to go run through the warehouse to find the right coils or wait for a coil. It's gonna be staged up in front of the mill, ready to go. So he doesn't even have to worry about it. So we've got the next coil in place, ready to go as, uh, as it happens. The next thing on this mill is we've come up with some new welding technology on the end welder that uh, we had to do because of the one inch thick material. Uh, a lot of times when you start welding that material and trying to weld it fast, you get a lot of brittle material that breaks as you're going through the mill. So we've come up with some new technology on there that I'd rather not tell you about right now, just let you know that. <laughs> we we yeah. have, and uh, we've tested it and uh, it seems to work quite well and we're looking uh, forward to putting it in and, and doing it. As we move up through the mill, we're going to have edge milling on this mill so that we do not do any slitting for this mill. The coils come in rough. We have edge millers set up that will run at the speed of the mill and taper the edges so that we have a very good presentation going into the welder to make a very good weld going through. We, we've added a couple of extra stands to the mill to help us with straightness of the material uh, and ease production. We've gone with a milling cutter on the, uh, the cutoff to give us a clean, burr-free cut on this material. And then we've gone with a new bundler system, a magnetic system. So we're trying not to put any scratches or defects in the material of the pipe as we make it 
trying to do as much as we can not to, to handle the material. Yeah, that's a lot of technology that you just walked through there. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it makes sense because you know, for a 22-inch square section, basically need a 90-inch coil, which there are not a lot of producers out there that do that. Um, and so you're not going to necessarily be doing a lot of slitting there. So that edging is is pretty important because it really boils down to that's that's what determines the quality of the weld seam. Uh, and for the listeners out there who maybe haven't had a chance to see a, a, a tube mill, when we talk about a weld within uh, an HSS, it's not the traditional weld that people think of when you're talking about structural steel, where you have a guy with a, a, a rod depositing weld metal between two pieces of base metal. This is actually base metal to base metal, uh, a metallurgical bond between those two pieces of steel. So that edge prep that John was talking about is is very important. It, it is critical to get a good weld that you don't have any porosity in, that will hold together as it's going through the sizing section. It's critical for the presentation. It goes through our fin section a lot better, so there's a lot less work being done by the fins to get the material in the right uh, sequence. So it, it's it's going to help us a lot on uh, getting the presentation correct. Yeah, that's great. You know, because that's and that's one of the things that you know I know I've had conversations with engineers about. They just don't understand the weld. You know, we we tell them it's stronger than the rest of the section, and you know, trust us. But but knowing you know, having people understand that you know, we put a lot of effort and a lot of controls into how we do that weld, so that we do give a high quality weld uh, at the end of the day, and that's so important to us. Yeah, we we monitor the the weld temperature. Uh, and this weld is, like you mentioned, is, is induction welding. So there is no depositing of any other material. Uh, we, we heat up the two edges, press it together, scarf off the excess material to make a nice clean finish. But uh, it's very important to keep the temperatures precise uh, for the speeds you're going to run. And that's everything involved in making a really good weld. Yeah, you can't underemphasize you know, how important that is at all. You know, I mentioned the coil, and um, you know, obviously, we can't talk too much about where we're going to be getting our coil. But with this type of mill, I mean, I'm assuming that the, the sourcing of the coil is going to become a pretty critical part of this. Yes, and, and you were right. There are only a few places that we can get coil the width and thickness that we're going to need. Uh, on the smaller sizes, there's lots of opportunities to to get coil on the smaller sizes we're going to run. But when you get up into those large diameters, it's it's crucial that our company gets the right coil. And depending on, on what the customer wants for yield strength, uh, it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that, you know, people may not realize about where this mill is located. You know, you say Blytheville, Arkansas, most people probably don't even have any idea where that is. It's in Mississippi County. And Mississippi County, if I'm not overstating it, I think has more steel production than anywhere else in the world unlike, you know, a, a per square mile basis or however you want to measure it. I, I think there's more steel production than anywhere else in the world. Is, is That's a fair statement, right? That has to be pretty accurate. I mean, from where we're sitting, we've got new core steel a mile away. Big River is 20 minutes down the road. Tenaris is our next door neighbor. Uh, Ipsco is here. There's a lot of manufacturing of steel uh, in this area. And I don't know how it all started here, but this is the hub of steel yeah. production. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that I like to let people know about that is because of all that, I mean, the steel industry, you know, steel making, whether you're making tubular products or whether you're making the raw steel, 
because you know the the steel producers down there like the big river steel the nucor they are electric arc furnace steel makers and they consume a lot of energy so i gotta imagine the energy grid down there is pretty robust it is and for this new plant uh mississippi county electric is actually bringing us in a new uh electrical feed because there was not enough electricity left in the area because of those people uh, they're working on it. They're hoping to have our new electrical grid here completed. I'd say it's uh, July, August, we're talking to have the, the fully full capacity that we're going to need to run this plant. So it's a, it's a big benefit from Mississippi County. They're stepping up and providing us with that power. Uh, so we're, we're very grateful for that as well. Yeah, that that's that's phenomenal. I, I was not aware of that. Um, and, and because, you know, the coil producers that are in the area are electric arc furnace, uh, which is basically 99% recycled steels, it's, it's a very green steel, for lack of a better way of saying it. And so I would imagine that the power grid there probably has a green factor to it as well. Yeah. I mean, our, our building that we built here is 100% green. We've used our own product to build our new facility, and our existing facility was also built out of our HSS, our conduit, our sprinkler pipe. So, you know, it's all, all recycled steel. It's as green a building as you can probably get. Yeah, and, and I think that's a real important thing that we're just on the beginning cusp of this right now. We know steel has been green for a while when the steel industry kind of transitioned into this more recycled content in the early 90s. But I think we're heading down a road where people are looking not only at the material itself, but how we make the material. So they are concerned about the grid and the building and how we're taking care of our recycled water and all that kinds of stuff. So this is going to be a very green facility. And I think that's really going to come into play when we start talking about what we refer to as global warming potential, because everyone now is trying to position themselves in such a way that our product doesn't contribute to global warming, or at least we're trying to limit how much it contributes. So I think this particular facility is going to be a big player on how green Atlas Tube really is. I think it's a testament of you know what can be achieved when you use HSS and our product and everything with the recyclability of it. I mean, uh, everything we do, you know, there's a thought of that going into it, and it's a great way to show to other people what you can do with this material. Yeah, that's, that's an absolute great point. Um, and now that we have this increased size range, it just opens us up to a lot more possibilities on where we can use it because, you know, having limited on size, we weren't able to compete uh, in certain projects because of the size that were needed, you know. So now we're hoping we can get into high-rise buildings. We can get into, well, we've always been in large stadiums, but we can actually be and consume more of the structure for large stadiums. So I think there's going to be a really big demand for this product uh, going forward. So, you know, we mentioned the size range already. We're, you know, kind of on that big end of the size scale here. And we're basically going to be producing these things this fall. So if someone wants to design with this product, they should start now. This, that's really the key thing. Yeah, without a doubt, we'll be producing this fall the full size range. We have tooled up. We have tooling equipment. We are ready to go. When we finish installing this mill, there's going to be nothing to hold us back from running all the sizes that we have spec'd out toolings here we are ready to go people are, are you know starting to get hired we're going to start training as soon as we get the equipment installed we will be ready to go uh this fall you know and i think that's a testament to to you john and your team uh, you know clearly this past year 
has been challenging. It's it's had an impact on businesses uh, all over, but to, to see us kind of charging forward with this, it's a big testament to you and your team there. Thank you. We, we lost three months last year when the, the COVID started in March. We lost April, May, and June. We'd already started the project. We got shut down when that happened, uh, but we've been pushing hard to get ourselves back on schedule, and I believe we did, and uh, we're going to keep pushing to, to make this happen. Yeah, that that's... Fabulous. So when you're not busy building fun projects for Zuckerman Industries, what, what do you like to do on the weekend? What, what, what keeps you out of trouble? Uh, I haven't had many weekends since working for <laughs> Zuckerman. Uh, right now, I, I'm down in Blytheville for three, four weeks at a time. I go home for a weekend to, to see my wife and, and family as much as I can under COVID. But uh, I like to do a little, little hunting. Uh, we, My wife and I, we own a 50-acre farm in Canada that uh, is a nice hobby for me, and it's nice just to get out on the tractor, get away from things, turn the radio on, and just be free for a few days before you know you get back into the hustle and bustle of uh, making these things work. Oh, that, that sounds wonderful. What part of Canada? Uh, we live in Wheatley, which from our Atlas Tube location in Harrow is about 45 minutes east. Okay. Yeah, so out in the middle of nowhere, basically. Which is and, you know, and so, so, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. <laughs> it is. It's nice, nice to get away. Absolutely. Well, John, I, I appreciate you taking the time today to, to, to stop by and, and talk about this new mill. We're pretty excited about it, uh, not only from, you know, just the capabilities that we're going to be able to do and, and the, you know, the, the high tech ability of this mill. Um, but I, I think uh, the listeners that are hopefully going to be using this product from the mill are excited to hear about it and that it's on track. Um, it's going to be a good year, I think, for us on this front with this new mill and and uh, being able to talk about it. So I really appreciate you taking the time today. No problem, Brad. Anytime you want a, uh, an update, give me a call and we can do this again. All right. Fabulous. Uh, once again, this is Brad Fletcher, Senior Sales Engineer with Atlas Tube. You've been listening to Tubular Connections. Appreciate you joining in. And uh, if you want to check out some of our past editions, feel free to, to check out the link on our website. And until then, see you down the road. Thanks for listening to Tubular Connections. You can learn more about designing with steel HSS at atlastube.com.